we see in uh, this last uh, Sunday, Super Sunday, being the super commercial day where we're, we're bombarded with the message to buy, buy, buy. It will bring happiness. It will bring all that life could possibly have for you. And yet we know that's not true. And yet something as silly as that skits can poke fun at ourselves and our own culture. Something that God has been warning us about since almost the beginning of time. Our passage today comes from that bastion of wisdom called Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes chapter 5, starting with verse 10. And in Ecclesiastes is where the, uh, the, the preacher, the, the teacher, is on a search. On a search for meaning. Now even that's a luxury in itself. We have to understand that the search for, for meaning in life is only something that, the, that those uh, of middle class, those that are wealthy, can do. I mean, the poor don't have time to search for meaning. Their search is for food and shelter and for work. But what the, the, the teacher in the writer of Ecclesiastes presents to us is this journey of searching for meaning. And one of the things that he finds is that stuff makes a terrible master. The stuff of our lives make for a terrible God. And what we'll see here is why the stuff of life makes for a terrible God and why God makes for a good God. Let's pray. Gracious God, show us through your written word, your truth, your wisdom, your life. Free us from the lies of this world. So that we might be a witness unto you, to those that are around us, searching for meaning. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Chapter 5, starting with verse 10 through the end of the chapter, found on page 539 in your pew Bible. Hear the word of the Lord. The lover of money will not be satisfied with money, nor the lover of wealth with gain. This also is vanity. When goods increase, those who eat them increase. And what gain has their owner but to see them with his eyes? Sweet is the sleep of laborers, whether they eat little or much, but the surfeits of the rich will not let them sleep. There is a grievous ill that I have seen under the sun. Riches were kept by, thy, by their owners to their, to their hurt. And those riches were lost in a bad venture. Though they are parents of children, they have nothing in their hands. As they came from their mother's wombs, so they shall go again. Naked as they came, they shall take nothing for their toil, which they may carry away with their hands. This also is a grievous ill. Just as they came, so shall they go. And what gain do they have from toiling for the wind? Besides, all their days they eat in darkness, in much vexation and sickness and resentment. 
This is what I have seen to be good. It is fitting to eat and drink and find enjoyment in all the toil with which one toils under the sun. The few days of the life gives us, of the life God gives us. For this is our lot. Likewise, all to whom God gives wealth and possessions and whom he enables to enjoy them and to accept their lot and find enjoyment in their toil. This is the gift of God. For they were scarcely brewed over the days of their lives because God keeps them occupied with the joy of their hearts. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We stuff makes a terrible master because verse 10 stuff doesn't satisfy the lover of money will not be satisfied nor the lover of wealth with gain it just doesn't satisfy you never get to the point of having this is the magic word enough we the the stuff of life doesn't provide contentment you know, there's, there's always a better one to buy. You know, to, to fully uh, let you know that I am uh, in, in the middle of this same problem. We're, as a family, in the middle of the culture just like the rest of us are. So we just jumped right in and we finally bought a new TV. You know, and you never end there. There's 720p, there's 720i, there's 1080p, then there's 1080i. And then if you want that, you get the 60 hertz refreshment rate, which is as fast as any media can show. And then you can buy what size do you want to fill the room? Well, how big is the room? How big is the wall you want to hang it on? And then... The eternal question that will only be answered when we see Jesus face to face. LCD or plasma. <laughs> you never get there. It never satisfies. I love the surveys that come out year after year of lottery winners. And this is particularly true of American lottery winners. Interestingly enough, it's not as true of British British lottery winners, this isn't as true of, but in the United States, it's very true that lottery winners regularly come back and say over and over again, they're not as happy after winning millions of dollars as they were beforehand. And at best, most are just even. After the, the initial euphoria of the win, a year or two later, they're back to, back to normal or even a little Worse, Stuff doesn't satisfy. But we are bombarded with messages telling us that it does. That it doesn't just satisfy, but it'll change our life, transform our life, even. There is a reason that zillions of dollars are being spent on advertising. You know how much it costs for 30 seconds of airtime at the Super Bowl? 30-second spot of advertising cost $2.6 million for, a, for just 30 seconds of airtime during the Super Bowl. That's $1 million. That's 30 seconds 
costs one million dollars than it costs than the budget of this church for an entire year. Thirty seconds. There is a reason that much money is spent because they realize the powerful impact that advertising has to say no. This stuff will satisfy. But the word is clear. Stuff doesn't satisfy. Verse 11. Stuff gets used up. When goods increase, those who eat them increase. And what gain has their owners but to see them with his eyes. The stuff gets used up. There's never enough. It's, again, back to those lottery winners. It's amazing. Bud Post won $16.2 million in the Pennsylvania Lottery in 1988. Now he lives on his $450 a month Social Security check. It's all gone. $16.2 million. In 20 years. Gone. Jack Whitaker, he was that Powerball winner in 2002, won $314 million. And now he's bankrupt, being sued by Atlantic City Casino for writing bad checks on closed accounts. And his wife, Jewel, says, I wish we'd never won $314 million. Evelyn Adams won $5.4 million twice, two years in a row in the New Jersey lottery. But today, she's broke, living on fixed income. And the stories go on and on. The stuff gets used up. Now, one thing about this season of consumed is that I'm going to encourage us in our small groups or at least with ourselves or with God, to be blatantly honest. To be honest about our relationships with our stuff. And, and it's amazing. Now, when, when we moved up here as a family, we were making $50,000 a year. Well, you know, if you read your budgets and those kind of things, that now we're making $70,000 a year as a family. And I'm still trying to figure out where that $20,000 went. It is amazing how it just gets used up. Verse 12. Another reason that stuff is a bad God is because it adds complexity. Sweet is the sleep of laborers, whether they eat little or much. But the surfeit of the rich will not let them sleep. Their abundance... All the the stuff that they have will not let them sleep. You know, because once you buy it, then you got to clean it, you got to maintain it, you got to oil it, you got to store it, you got to put it somewhere, right? I mean, it adds a level of complexity. You know, one of the boons of our age is the self storage boom. Yeah, it took it took twenty five years to develop one billion square feet of self-storage, but then it took only eight years to build the second billion square feet. That's billion. We have over two billion square feet, and that's in 2006, of space just built to store stuff. 
That means, just that's three times the size of Manhattan. That's, that is enough, enough storage space for every human being in the United States to have six square feet of storage. We could, it means we could do this. We could get in Texas. Let's say there's plenty of space in Texas and get all the self-storage stuff, uh, buildings that we have in our country, put them all together, one roof, and then everybody can go get underneath the roof. Everybody in the United States could get underneath that roof and twirl around and not touch anybody. There's just something American about that, isn't it? Stuff then adds complexity. You know, one of the problems with lottery winners is that they then get this stuff and the first thing they do is go buy their dream house. But they forget, oh yeah, I've got to maintain this dream house. I've got to furnish it. I've got to pay taxes on it. I've got to pay utilities on it. And that is one of the biggest reasons that leads to then to so many spiraling back down into bankruptcy. Stuff adds complexity. And then stuff becomes something to lose. I mean, once you have it, then it becomes something to break, something to lose, something to be stolen. Verse 13, There's a grievous ill that I've seen under the sun. Riches were kept by their owners to their hurt, and those riches were lost in a bad venture. Though they are parents of children, they have nothing in their hands. You see why stuff makes such a terrible master? It doesn't satisfy. It gets used up. It adds complexity. It becomes something to lose. Verse 15. As they come, as they came from their mother's womb, so they shall go again. Naked as they came, they shall take nothing for their toil, which they may carry away with their hands. This also is a grievous ill. Just as they came, so shall they go. And what gain do they have from toiling for the wind? How we come into the world is how we go out. That common phrase of you never see a hearse with a U-Haul. Or you never see a, you never see a tombstone with a pod beside it. But it is interesting, lest we demonize stuff, that we need it. I mean, we were created from the beginning to need food, to need drink, and then soon after the fall, we needed clothing and shelter. But even from the beginning, God has created us, not as a robot, you know, not as someone that just self-perpetuates energy. Somehow or another, we do need the stuff some of the stuff of life. We were created with that element of need. That we were going to need to pray, as we learned uh, during the last series, for our daily bread. So there is a place for stuff. It's not that stuff is to be demonized or shunned, but to be rightly understood. To be in right relationship with our stuff. And that's the point, or one of the points of our journey. Well, one last uh, point here, the very end, verse 17. The reason stuff is not a good God is because it becomes something to worry about. Verse 17. Besides all their days, they eat in darkness 
in much vexation and sickness and resentment. Stuff of life becomes isolating. If you know, think about this, it used to be you know you can't tell you can't talk about sex and politics and religion. Well, now you can't talk about money. You can talk about sex, boy, that's for sure. You can even talk about politics. Maybe even sometimes you can talk about religion. But we don't talk about money in social context. No. Matter of fact, that is the number one, in recent surveys, that's the number one lie that spouses tell each other. Not whether or not they had an affair, but whether or not they spent money they didn't tell the spouse about. That's the number one lie. Again, it's why I'm excited and challenged for us if we're participating in any of the small groups where lines of communication, openness occurs between us and others in our Christian community to talk about our relationship with our stuff. And even if you're not in a small group, I hope that during the course of this six weeks, seven weeks, you will write, or at least consider writing, a a money autobiography. How is it that you relate to your stuff? How is it you relate to your money? Write a page or two in a sense that gives your, your story of how you relate to your stuff. And here's a place where I think we can have this honest discussion with God, with ourselves and with others is a great place where we can truly learn and grow in one another. Because there are huge cultural differences about stuff and age. I remember being in a Sunday school class where we were talking about stuff. And it was amazing. Some of the, the families, that couples that grew up during the Depression, during the war, during those kind of things, and they lived in the same house for 50 years. And then there were other families who were my contemporaries who'd already moved three times and still lived in the same city. So I I hope and pray that our discussion together will be an impetus for you to speak, to talk to, to grandma or grandpa or grandson or granddaughter, mom, dad, son or daughter, aunt or uncle. That, that we will share our wisdom and insight when it comes to the power of stuff to be our God and the freedom we've found in God to move beyond the power of stuff to consume us. Well then finally, the the good word, the good news here begins with verse 18. This is what the teacher finds. This is what I have seen to be good. It is fitting to eat and drink and find enjoyment in all the toil with which one toils under the sun. The few days of the life God gives us, for this is our lot. Likewise, all to whom God gives wealth and possessions and whom He enables to enjoy them and to accept their lot and find enjoyment in their toil. This is the gift of God. 
For they were scarcely brewed over the days of their lives because God keeps them occupied with the joy of their hearts. Pit verse 20 against verse 17. If we are servants of our stuff, then our days are characterized by vexation, sickness, and resentment. But if we are servants of God, And what we see, what we learn, what we grow into is that the stuff of life is a gift from God and to be enjoyed. Our journey, our consumed journey is is that we're going to surrender ourselves more and more to God so that God will lead us to the place of enjoying As the teacher says here, enjoying the toil of our days and the stuff that God provides. That we will grow deeper in God being our master. In God bringing true freedom, even from stuff, against the ways of the world. That we will experience true jubilee, even in the relationship to our stuff. And that the stuff of life will become a servant. Will become a servant A gift of God to enjoy, to celebrate with God and with one another. That's our dream. As the musicians get in place and the deacons get ready to take up the offering, I invite us during this offering period to to this season of Lent, this season of reflection, to to get in in tune with what's the the stuff maybe that has too much of a hold on us, on you. What what is that particular thing? Did the Spirit bring it to your mind? If so, offer it unto the Lord. Give give that unto Him. If you're in, in tune with the, the addiction to the stuff of this world. Give that unto the Lord. So in the power of His Spirit, we are freed to enjoy the gifts of His wondrous hand. Let's offer all that we are unto Almighty God.